Hello, brother. I'm Grace. Hello, brother. I'm Stephanie. And this is Doppelgangers. Today, we're talking about season three, episode 22 of The Vampire Diaries, which is called The Departed, and which I personally think is maybe the best episode of the series as a whole. What a finale. Some cliffhangers, some excitement. This is a season finale. Big deaths, too. Big deaths, in theory. Well, we'll see how permanent they are. (laughs) Yeah, in theory. In theory. (laughs) This is the Vampire Dice. This is a supernatural show. Every death is in theory. Yeah. (laughs) As always, I'll start by reading the synopsis from Vampire Diaries Wiki. Determined to protect his sister, Jeremy makes a decision that will change everything. In the harsh reality of the present situation, Elena longs for simpler times when her parents, Grayson, guest star Jason McDonald, and Miranda, guest star Erin Butte, and Aunt Jenna, guest star Sarah Canning, were alive and her biggest concern was her relationship with Matt. Stefan and Damon leave Mystic Falls together on a mission, but soon split up when Elena needs one of them. Caroline and Tyler are forced to make a life-changing decision. Finally, Bonnie makes a secret deal that has heartbreaking consequences. Much to think about, much to think about. It's all quite raw, so we'll get right into the discussion. Yeah, I haven't even decided my opinions on, my thoughts on everything. I still have some questions. You're going to explore them as we go through the episode together. Yeah. And I will say this episode, if any of you are watching for the first time, it is worth repeat viewings because when you know what happens in the end, the rest of the episode just becomes more and more interesting. The moving pieces. It is just such an excellently written episode and it just gets better every time you watch it. So I highly recommend repeat viewings. And I will just say I'd been thinking about the show through the week, as I do in between recording. And I was thinking, now, how are we going to keep Rick alive and Elena alive? And I was like, well, the only way to do that is if Elena becomes a vampire. So then I was like, is that going to happen this episode? And then I got halfway through the episode. I was like, no. But looking promising. It is very early for Elena to become a vampire. And we'll talk about what we think is going to happen with her going forward once we get to that point. We have a lot Mm -hmm. to cover before then. We start the episode in the Gilbert house. um, And Stephanie was convinced at the end of last episode that Elena would be entering a coma. Uh, So she was really looking out for a coma dream. So we open in the Gilbert house. It's bright, it's shiny, and they're playing So What by Pink. And so Stephanie immediately was like, now that's a coma dream. That is giving coma dream. I've seen enough. I've seen everything I needed to see. If that's not enough of a clue that this is like a dream, Elena looks really very happy. Yeah, she's (laughs) happy. She's like ready to take on the day. I'm, I'm like, okay, no. This is not what Elena's known for. That is not the situation we are in. And she puts her hair up in a ponytail and then she tosses her pom-poms over onto her cheer uniform. So it's pretty clear that this is a dream about the past or a flashback. Yeah. Because as we know, Elena was famously a cheerleader before she got so much less fun when her parents died. (laughs) Yeah, before she lost all her fun and cuteness just because her parents died. So then Elena comes downstairs in her cheer uniform and Jenna is there. I was so happy to see her. We haven't seen Jenna since the end of last season. And oh boy, have we missed her. (laughs) Yeah, she has not been giving ghosts because as we know, she found peace. Yes. And so I was very happy to see her. Oh, she made my little heart flutter. Elena goes up to Jenna. She says, Jeremy locked himself in the bathroom again. Does he think we don't know what he's doing? And Jenna says, ah, he's 14. They don't think. Elena reaches for the coffee and Jenna says, hey, stop. You'll get me in trouble with your... And then some other lady enters. And Elena says, good morning, mom. So it's Elena's mom. She is very pretty. 
keeping that summer's prettiness in the mix. They got pretty jeans in that family. Now, I did say we would meet the parents someday. Way back in the pilot, I said those names are too specific that we will never see them. I did mean that we would meet them in the present day. You did imply that they would come back to life and they were not yeah. dead. But either way, I'm taking this as a win because there they are. Sure. And then we go over to the hospital and Elena really quickly wakes up. So it's not a coma dream. It was actually just a normal dream. She was just taking a nap. You win some, you lose some. <laughs> exactly. Not all predictions can come true. <laughs> the coma was a, a, a big swing for me. Yeah. Big swing and a miss. But, you know, I like that I went for it. Yeah. Meredith and Jeremy catch up. Meredith says, hey, great news. She's going to be fine. It was just a slight concussion. Nothing to worry about. And Jeremy says, look, I don't know much about medicine, but she collapsed and there was blood. So I think it wasn't a concussion. Yeah. Jeremy says that sounds awful simplified, given the fact that she fainted like four hours after hitting her head. Yeah. And Meredith says, honestly, she's okay. She's just been through a lot. Anyone you want to call? (laughs) Who would he call? Meredith? Literally. But he does call on the road trip, Stefan and Damon. And Damon is like, I'm sorry, you took her to the hospital? And Jeremy said, I'm sorry, I found my sister unconscious. When that happens, you call 911. Damon says, not when you have a parade of vampires at your disposal. But of course, as we know, Elena isn't keen on ingesting vampire blood in case, you know, something were to happen. So good thing Jeremy took her to the hospital. Well, I'm like, of course he brought her to the hospital. He found her fainted. And like, you don't have the whole parade there. You guys are all out of town. Yeah, the parade of vampires is not at her house currently. So yeah, he called an ambulance. He was right for that. Stefan says, hey, I'm just worried because all the originals are going to want Elena dead to stop Lurik. So she's a sitting duck in a hospital where people don't have to be invited in. And Jeremy says, well, Meredith wants to keep her for observation. Great lie by Meredith. Because she knows she doesn't need to keep her for observation. She says, but that would make it look more convincing. If I let her go right away, they'd be like, did you heal her? This is not the first time Meredith has illegally healed someone with vampire blood. She's got a whole set set of steps in place. I was thinking through this whole episode because I was like, maybe Elena's going to be a vampire by this. I was like, this is when she would get the blood. Unless like, I thought maybe Jeremy would sneak her some or something. But I was like, no, I think Meredith probably gave her some blood because I was listening to this too. And I was like, "Mm, that doesn't sound like a concussion. But they do a pretty good job of making it seem like she didn't get blood there. Well, if I hadn't had that thought in my head already, I probably wouldn't have thought that like I was already thinking like maybe Elena's turning into a vampire this episode mm-hmm. so if I hadn't been thinking that I wouldn't I don't think I would have caught it mostly because you had read the description in the episode that was like Jeremy makes a decision to protect Elena and his decision is drugging his sister and handing her off to Matt yeah but I thought the decision was gonna be vampire so because I thought Jeremy was thinking a little more <laughs> we've said this before and we'll say it a million more times or actually maybe we won't if I'm Elena and I'm constantly in the threat of death I'm just going to have a little bit of vampire blood in my system every day. Yeah. Worst case scenario, I become a vampire. The other thing about that is I would have been a vampire by now. I mean, it, it wouldn't have taken me this long, personally. The whole Chris Sun Moon wouldn't have mattered. I would have already been a vampire. Yeah, I would have done. I would pull the Catherine. Yeah. So this couldn't be me. But it is her. It is Elena. Damon says, OK, well, Jeremy, you have to get Elena home. We're on our way. And he hangs up. Damon turns to Stephanie and said, have I told you lately how much I appreciate you not being the dumbest brother on earth? Implying that Jeremy is the dumbest brother on earth. (laughs) Stefan says, I hate to be like a downer, but one of us needs to keep moving. Because if Klaus really is the sire of our bloodline, we need to keep his body hidden before Lurik finds him, kills him, and we all end up dead. And Damon says, our life is one big proverbial coin toss. But we don't see how they make the decision who's going to stay and who's going to go. Then we go over to the hospital. 
Meredith goes into her office after a long day of not doing any work and just <laughs> counting on vampire blood. And Alaric's there. And he says, hey, Meredith. And she says, not you. She says, okay, this day. Get away from me, please. She says, what are you doing here? And he says, well, I'm Elena's guardian. I thought it was strange I didn't get a call. He's obviously being facetious. It's not strange he didn't get a call because he's evil. He knows damn well why he didn't get a call. Meredith says, hey, how'd you find out? And he says, well, I have eyes and ears everywhere now. It's funny. The people in this town are actually good at their jobs when you allow them to be. I think it's more that there's just so many of them and no one ever gave them a job. Yeah, the council is so excited to be a gossipy little hive. They just never had anything to do. So now they're like, oh, sure, I'll watch out for Elena. He gave them responsibility. He said, you get to be the vice president of surveillance. And that's just you sit at the hospital and tell me who shows up. Yeah, (laughs) you follow Elena. And you get to be chief medical officer. You call the medical board about Meredith. And so he says, speaking of, you are too good at your job because you cheat. He takes out her vampire blood. He says he found her stash. Now, again, it's in a mini fridge in her office. Found is, I think, a little bit of an overstatement. Yeah, not really a flex that you found that, King, but okay. But he does flex by dumping it all over her desk. And she's like, hey, please don't do that. He says the council will be in touch with the medical board to have your license suspended. And I understand this is a scary threat. What exactly are they going to say to the medical board? She heals too many people because there's vampires. The medical board is going to be like, okay, this is a prank call. Thank you so much. Goodbye. And what are they going to do? Be like, like if they have to keep vampires out of it, be like, she heals people with like too much success. And the medical board is going to be like, that's good. They're going to be like, no, I think she's cheating. And they're like, call us when she kills somebody. They're like, how can you cheat saving people? I don't understand. Thank you for the recommendation for doctor of the year. (laughs) Doctor of the year. Also, (laughs) not to be this person, but those of us who listened and watched Dr. Death, it's pretty easy to get away with stuff, even when the medical board is notified. So I think she's going to be okay. Yeah. She's like, oh, no, don't call the medical board. He says... Also, by the way, just so you know, Mayor Lockwood and Sheriff Forbes are being relieved of their duties and I am getting this town back under control. So remember in season one when you thought John Gilbert just wanted to control the council and I made fun of you? Like, I know this isn't Alaric's only plan, but it's certainly a tenet of his plan. That is so true. I'm watching this. I'm like, so are you making yourself the mayor? Because it really seems like it. Yeah, but it's weird because he never actually like, says he's the mayor. He's just like the leader of the council. Who's going to be the mayor? Are they going to have a runoff election? Who's going to be the sheriff? Are they going to have a runoff election? And like, yeah, the council knows about all the vampires, but it's not like you can go on the news and be like, they're fired because their children are vampires. Although maybe he would do that. Who knows? But and we also have to assume that like, maybe there's some cops who don't know about vampires, but we have to assume a good chunk of the cops do. Yeah. Like, they've all been covering for it, too, you know? So it's like, where is he finding all these cops all of a sudden? And good luck with the police union. Yeah, literally. (laughs) You you thought the medical board was useless. Yeah. A little little social commentary. Anyway, so Alaric says, uh, you're going to be releasing Elena to my custody. And he signs a paper releasing Elena to his custody. And he walks out. She cries. Uh, He goes over to Elena's room. But surprise, surprise, she's not there anymore because they're not a bunch of fucking idiots, Alaric. Yeah, he took too long making a big show of dumping the blood. He was waiting in the office to make sure he saw her dump the blood. Hey, King, go get Elena first. (laughs) Bring Elena, tie her up, put her in the back of the office, and then you can do this little speech with Meredith. Yeah. He's evil, but he's not efficient. Yeah, that's because Esther designed it. Esther's like, ah, just be evil. I really don't care about the logistics. You should care about the logistics. They're key. People are always moving real fast in this town. 
Then we go over to the Gilbert house where Elena is. She arrives home with Caroline, Matt, Jeremy, Tyler, the whole gang. Caroline says, lay on the couch. Elena says, I'm fine. I just need to eat. Because again, she's been healed by vampire blood. Uh, She doesn't really have a concussion. So it's all pretend. Yeah, she's like, yeah, I feel great. I don't know why you guys are so nervous. Concussions are easy. Tyler says, oh, we'll get on your food as soon as we make sure no one's lurking in the closets. Great. They're checking the house. Good thinking. Good thinking. Caroline takes Elena to the couch. Elena insists she's fine. But Caroline says, hey, the doctor told you to rest. You're going to rest. What can I get you? Tea? Vodka, both will help you sleep. Elena sighs and Caroline says, I know, I know I'm being smothering. And Elena says, no, no, it's nice. And Caroline says, here's what I'm thinking. Tea with vodka. She is so smart. They giggle. And then Caroline goes to prepare the tea with vodka. And Elena gets, I would say distracted, but not really distracted. She just looks at photos of her and her parents framed on the table. That inspires a flashback to sophomore year Good times. So Bonnie and Elena are in their cheer uniforms and they're walking with Matt. Matt and Elena are holding hands. So we know they're dating at this point. Elena says, Caroline Forbes will be my ponytail lacked judge, which it does. It did. Your hair looked flat, girl. Listen to her. Matt says, I don't even know what that means. And Bonnie says, that means that Caroline is driving Elena crazy as usual. They kind of evolve out of this really fast. In the books, Caroline and Elena are like frenemies. And in the beginning of the show, they were kind of trying to set that up, but they got away from that pretty quick to make it that like Bonnie, Caroline and Elena are best friends. Yeah. So I get that they're trying to like infuse that color into the past, but it just doesn't ring true to Caroline and Elena's relationship that they would be driving each other crazy. It does ring true that Caroline would say Elena's ponytail lacked zhuzh because the ponytail lacked zhuzh. Yeah. I do think it's one of those things that will call back to when it like some of the now Caroline stands didn't like her, you know, the people without taste in the crowd. The fake ass Caroline fans, the bandwagoner yeah. Caroline fans. <laughs> I've been there since day one. <laughs> She's never been wrong. I've never been in the trenches. I've just been here. <laughs> I've been up here. We were never in the trenches. I'm up here on my high horse. I am. I was going to say I'm on a pedestal, but I was better. <laughs> yeah. Bonnie says, anyway, BTW, as I psychically predicted, flare jeans are making a comeback. I love that she thought she was like psychic even this early on, but that's what she thought her psychic power was predicting. I mean, slay, but girl, your, your power is more than you can even know. And Elena says, that doesn't make you psychic. You just watch too much top model. A woman of the people. Bonnie says, say what you want, but I've got a bad feeling about the bonfire tonight. And she should because Elena's parents are going to die. <laughs> yeah, but this... we don't know that yet. Yeah, but it was becoming clear to me. I'm like, oh, this is the last day with Elena's parents, isn't it? (laughs) I was like, she is right to have a bad feeling here. Elena says it doesn't matter. I can't go. Jenna's in town. My parents want to do family night. And Matt says, no, you have to go sneak out. He's like, you know, because your parents will be there forever. Yeah. He's like, you can see your parents whenever. You only go to a bonfire with your boyfriend a couple times a year. And this was the moment where I was like, oh, yeah, they're dying tonight. I was like, it's not looking good for Grayson and Miranda. I was like, of course, it's going to be a day where she like refuses to hang out with them. I was like, this is not looking good. Matt and Elena kiss. And he says, I got to go see Coach Tanner. Rest out of feast, Coach Tanner. We hated you. Um, And he says, love you. And then leaves. And Bonnie says, hey, uh, you didn't say it back. And Elena says, what? (laughs) Now, girl, you know what? Like She doesn't know what that's referring to. Bonnie says, you can't string him along. If you're not into it anymore, just tell him. So then we go over to the Gilbert house where Elena wakes up. She's been on the couch and Matt is just sitting there staring at her. She says, hey, where is everybody? And he says, oh, Tyler and Caroline got a call from their moms. What were you dreaming about? And she says, sophomore year. 
And he says, ah, seems like forever ago. And she says, yeah, it was. She was like, that was a very different lifetime I was living. And she says, BTW, sorry that I strung you along. I should have figured out what I wanted and been honest about it. And then she is like, oh, and now I'm making the same mistakes with Stefan and Damon. It's not right. I have to let one of them go. And Matt says, which one? Boy, Matt, what about her talking about this makes it seem like she's made a decision? (laughs) She literally seems very confused. And to your knowledge, she has a concussion. Let her sleep. (laughs) But, you know, to be fair, maybe like, yeah, which one are you going to pick? Just like trying to get the inside scoop, trying to be the first, the first to break the story. Yeah, Matt wants to, it gives him power in the friend group if he knows who she's going to pick first, because Caroline's the runaway fave to know. Yeah, he's he's the dark horse. The door opens, and it is Stefan, speak of the devil. She hugs him, she tells him she's okay, he takes a breath, it's very cute romantic. Quite a tight hug. Yeah. And then we go over to the grill. Jeremy goes to pick up some food, and he says to the server who brings his food, he says, hey, tell the kitchen thanks for staying open for me. Again, I say, we know the line cooks love Jeremy. And we have definitive proof. You know that the kitchen loves you if you walk in and you're like, hey, I know you guys are closed, but can you make some food? Yeah. And they're like, hell yeah. Like, Jeremy? Yeah. Matt was like, oh, I'll go get the food. And they're like, send Jeremy. Like, if Matt's coming, we're not making it. They're like, oh, Matt, we just closed. Sorry, buddy. He's like, but you just gave food to Jeremy. (laughs) After Jeremy grabs the food, he turns to the side and Rick has appeared with two beers and says, we need to talk. Even Evil Alaric is at the grill most of the time. Yeah, but Evil Alert is a beer guy, not a whiskey guy, it appears. He's got a long night ahead of him. But it was just odd to see him with a beer. Yeah. He's like, oh, this tastes disgusting. <laughs> He's like, oh, this shit tastes like water. <laughs> then we go back over to the Gilbert house. Elena says, you know what, guys? I am being overcoddled. I feel completely fine. And Stefan says, you're on house arrest. You're supposed to be coddled as he cuts her up a little fruit plate. <laughs> Matt says, hey, wouldn't it be smarter? If we got you, I don't know, out of town. He's like, I just got to throw this out. Seems like the obvious choice to me, but I I am stupid. So I just, (laughs) I want some other opinions. So take it with a grain of salt. Elena pretty immediately shuts it down. She says, and do what? Go on the run the rest of my life? No, thanks. Which I think the idea of taking her out of town is on some level smart. But I think since most of the originals haven't been invited into this house. This house is just as safe. And also, like, the problem with bringing Elena on the run is she's going to want to bring, like, five people with her. Yeah. And you can't really do that. And she's not going to want to go on the run, obviously, but we'll get there. And Elena says, oh, and BTW, I'm not an invalid, so I'm done with the couch. And she leaves. It's like, okay, what are you going to do? Go stand in the corner? Yeah, it's like, I'm going to go lay in my bed. (laughs) Yeah. That'll show up. Only an invalid would lay on the couch. (laughs) Yeah. So as she goes upstairs, Matt turns to Stephanie said, oh, so you're just going to let her call the shots? And Stefan says, yeah, that's kind of my whole thing. He's like, that's really the one thing that sets me apart from Damon um, is that I let her do whatever she pleases. Like, that's the fundamental difference between us. We kind of hit you over the head with it, didn't we? Yeah, I thought everyone knew that. And even Matt's like, I'm kind of team Damon here. And Matt's like, even if they're wrong. And Stefan says, nothing wrong with free will, Matt. Trust me. Now, I bet you you'll have a different thought on that at the end of this episode, Stefan, because her free will made you save Matt. I mean, he still followed her decision. So say what you will. When it came down to it, he stuck to this. He walked the walk. And Stefan says, you know, you don't realize that nothing's wrong with free will until you lose it. Obviously referencing the fact that Catherine compelled him, maybe, but he, but she, we know she didn't. I thought it was about that blood controls him, and it's like he's 
still have free will. Yeah, it's a little bit tricky to track. Or that Damon took the... No, but he he made the decision to turn. Yeah, and he took the decision from Damon. So maybe he's referencing that. Either way, he's had his own experiences with free will, pro and against. (laughs) Yeah, and his whole thing is like, Elena can do what she wants, which I get why that's good. But sometimes someone else needs to take the wheel. Sometimes there are decisions that you might understand in a better way than Elena does. The same way that there are some decisions that, yes, they're Elena's decisions. Yeah. But sometimes it's okay if you interject with your thoughts. Like, not to be the classic Damon apologist that I am, but you can save her from a sunken car. (laughs) You can. It's okay. You can let Matt die. Also- Even drinking human blood, can't you carry two people? We'll get there when we get there. (laughs) (laughs) It's the new Titanic. (laughs) You know, literally, we keep getting ahead of ourselves. Because the real meat of this this episode is like the last five minutes. Yeah. Then Elena says, oh, hey, Stefan. And Elena's at the door. And, you know, who else is at the door is Elijah. And he says hello again. Very excited to see Elijah again. He's very gorgeous to me. You do love him. You are an Elijah stan. Yeah, heart eyes emoji. Elijah's at the door. I, again, have my smiley emoji. Just the plain smiley. Nothing special on there. But a smile. <laughs> we go back over to the grill and Rick and Jeremy are having a little conversation. Rick says, hey, I need you to tell me where they're keeping Klaus's body. Jeremy says, well, first of all, no one would be stupid enough to tell me that. I don't know. Yeah, Jeremy's like, what makes you think anyone tells me anything? I am the bottom of the totem pole. And he says, and BTW, if I did, why would I tell you? Alaric says, you know, Elena's association with vampires nearly got her killed tonight. Does that even register with you? Yeah, killed by you. <laughs> yeah. It, like, <laughs> yes, it is her association with vampires that got us to this point. It's really giving Esther and Michael. To be fair, Alaric didn't want to kill her. But yeah, his existence makes other people want to kill her. Yeah, exactly. Either way. Jeremy says, of course, that registers with me. Like, no one is more aware of my sister being at death's door than me. Okay. Alaric says, well, she can't seem to cut the vampires out of her life, but I can. And with your help, I'll get rid of all of them. If you find out where Klaus's body is, I will kill him and all his siblings. And when I die, vampires will no longer exist. And Jeremy has complex feelings about vampires, pro and con. Generally pro, but he's getting kind of against it lately because of all the danger they're bringing to his life because he doesn't currently have a vampire girlfriend. So (laughs) he's not biased in that way. (laughs) Well, and I think it's the kind of thing of like, I do think, in some way, Jeremy's like, yeah, that would be great. I would love to just like end all this drama. But he knows that then it brings too much like pain for Elena with it. So that sends him against it. But I think he like, it's not crazy that he would be on this side, at least for a moment. That he would consider it. Yeah. Because I do think if, if it was just Stefan and Damon, Jeremy might be like, absolutely. But the inclusion of like Bonnie's mom, Caroline, Tyler, it's like there's a lot more that happens now than there would have in season one. Yeah, exactly. And Jeremy says, yeah, but the only way for you to die is for Elena to die. And I obviously don't want Elena to die. And Alaric says, I've got a great deal for you, King. Lock me up. Lock me up. Lock me up. Have Bonnie put a spell on me like she did on Klaus. Let Elena live a long, healthy human life. And when her life is over, mine will be too. Rick is offering Jeremy a pretty sweet deal to be honest, if Jeremy wants all the vampires dead. Yeah, and that is kind of what they tried last week. They just wanted to keep the vampires alive and trap them. Yeah, he takes out his stake and he says, this stake is the one weapon on earth that can kill them. I'm going to get Klaus either way. So be on the right side of this. 
Alaric's doing his darndest to get Jeremy on his side. And it kind of, I mean, Jeremy considers it. Yeah, Jeremy definitely thinks about it. So then we go over back to the Gilbert house. They've given Elijah a seat at the table and they're having a little conversation. Elijah says, all we got to do is get the stake away from him. Once he's disarmed and the weapon is in my possession, my family will scatter to the ends of the earth and Alaric will follow us. And Stefan's like, that seems too good to be true. You guys will just run. And Elijah says, we've done it before. Klaus and Rebecca literally ran from our dad for like a thousand years. What's another half century while Elena lives out the rest of her natural life? Which is true because it's going to take him a while to find all of them. And if they get the stake away from him, like they can easily stay alive for another 50 years. Running for 50 years is nothing. Elena says, yeah, the thing that doesn't work for me with that deal, though, is Klaus. We finally stopped him. And after everything he's done to us, I don't really want you to bring him back. Me personally. Elijah says, I give you my word, because if there's one thing Elijah is going to do, it's give his word. Yeah. And he says, I will not revive Klaus within you or your children's lifetimes. Perhaps that will teach Klaus some manners. I have a quick question for you, Elijah. You met Klaus? Yeah, this is so (laughs) funny because he'll wake up and he'll just go kill her grandchildren. He will literally immediately he'll be like, who's your grandma? Elena? Elena Gilbert? Elena Donovan? (laughs) (laughs) What? What? (laughs) Said no. (laughs) No. No. Are you sure it's not Elena Salvatore? He's like, well, at this point, I'm just helping you by killing you because you got Donovan blood in you. You are only going to get dumber. Life is not going to be easy for you. That is the flaw in this plan is that Klaus would immediately wake up and be like, okay, I'm going to kill them. Which like, yeah, Elena will be dead. And so why would she care? But (laughs) still. Matt says, hey, I feel like I should interject here. Why should she trust you? All you've done is screw her over. And I do think that the last time Elijah was here, he did kind of screw Elena over. Uh, he yeah. did set her up to be murdered by Rebecca. He did hold her hostage in a cave. That cannot be understated. But nine times out of ten, Elijah's actually been pretty helpful to Elena. And to be fair, he didn't want Elena to die last time. He just knew he needed a good bargaining chip. And unfortunately, she's the best bargaining well, chip. And to be fair, the way Elijah dealt with Elena last time was retaliation for her lying to his face. So it's not yeah. she's completely innocent. But mostly, Elijah's been pretty helpful to Elena. Yeah, Elijah's always done his best to help Elena. And pretty trustworthy. Like, when he says something, he does it most of the time. And even when he said, he didn't tell Elena, I'm not going to kidnap you. She said, I would love to help. And he said, great, I have an idea. He said, be careful what you wish for. It wasn't the coolest thing he's ever done, but it made sense. But it's not the worst thing anyone on the show's ever done. Damon's done worse things. Yeah. So Matt, in conclusion, keep Elijah's name out of your mouth. Elijah says, yeah, for all the bad things I've done, I am deeply ashamed. But know this. She literally could have been dead the instant I walked through the door tonight. So, Elena, it's really up to you to make the decision whether to trust me or not. And this is a great point from Elijah. Yeah, he's like, I could have finished this whole thing in a second before you guys even noticed that it was here. Because literally, Matt and Stefan are in the kitchen cutting up fruit, talking about free will. And Elena's like, oh, Elijah's here. Yeah. What they could have heard instead was a body hitting the floor. Yeah. And a whoosh of Elijah leaving. And I mean, it wouldn't matter because she has vampire blood in her system, but they don't know that at this time. Yeah, but he still could have killed her. (laughs) Exactly. From speakerphone, who we didn't realize was there, it's Damon. He says, not, hello, did that concussion give you brain damage? His lunatic siblings will kill you the first chance they get. There is something so funny about someone on speakerphone in a conversation. This is just comedy. It's just good. Elijah says, Rebecca and Cole are going to honor the terms if you just give us Klaus's body and Elena will come to no harm. Do we have a deal? And Damon says, no. He says, no, absolutely not. (laughs) And Stefan says, 
Elena, it's up to you. And Damon says, oh, come on. Damon's like, can we stop that? He's like, no. I'm sorry. Am I on speakerphone or not? Because no one's listening to me. Can, can you guys hear me? Did you mute me? Be honest. Do I have no service right now? Am I going through a tunnel? <laughs> <laughs> Elena doesn't offer the deal yet. She says, why do you want Klaus's body? And Elena says, he's my brother. We remain together brothers he still loves his brother and elena says well we have got a deal one thing about elena is she will make a deal with elijah one thing about elena is she will take elijah's word she says that's good enough for me king love you then we go up to the lockwood house tyler and caroline arrive and he's like hey mom what's up and she's there with the sheriff they're like hey what's up you guys look super panicked and carol says okay here's the tea honeybee (laughs) alaric told the council everything and now the whole council knows what you are And Liz says, you know, they're looking for Klaus and then they're going to come looking for you and you can't be here when they do. I get that now their identities are out and the council knows more, but it's still the council. I think they have a little bit of time. (laughs) (laughs) The council has proven themselves to be pretty bumbling at every turn. Yeah. Liz says, you guys need to get out of town. Carol says, like, I pulled some cash. The sheriff's going to get you new IDs and school records. And Tyler says, whoa, you want us to run? And Liz says, well, we certainly can't protect you anymore. And Caroline says, well, we can't just pack up and leave. And Carol says, "Mm, actually, if you stay, you'll be dead. So you really have no choice. And that's rough because, you know, it's hard when your parents are like, you should leave and never see us again. Yeah, you should leave town and never return. Then we go back over to the Gilbert house. Matt and Jeremy are sitting on the porch and Matt asks Jeremy what he's going to do. And Jeremy says, well, what I want to do is grab Elena and get her away from all of this. And Matt says, why don't we? And Jeremy says, because there's a like posse of vampires in there. Yeah, because everyone else sees that idea as it is, which is useless. <laughs> and Jeremy says, look, even if I wanted to help Alaric, I have no idea where Klaus's body is. I was thinking, yeah, because no one would be dumb enough to tell the two of you. And then Matt says, I do. And I was like, oh, no, the ship has already sailed. Then we go over to the grill. Rick is having his whiskey after suffering through his beer. He's like, I'm cutting back on drinking. And it's like, that's still a beer. <laughs> um, he's like, there's alcohol in these? <laughs> I thought they were just juice. Like, this isn't juice? Is this not what juice tastes like? What? What? And then someone gives him a glass of orange juice. And he's like, that is disgusting. It's all sugar. <laughs> he gets a call from Jeremy. And Jeremy says, hey, uh, so I know where Klaus's body is. Damon is on his way to bury him in the woods off Route 12. I will text you with the specifics. And Alaric says, wow, you know, thank you so much. You're really doing the right thing for Elena. And Jeremy says, I know. He hangs up, but everyone at the Gilbert house is looking at him. And he's like, he bought it. Newsflash, Jeremy, he sure didn't. He absolutely did not. He super didn't buy it. (laughs) Because that wasn't a great lie. Why would he go bury the body just in random woods? That's dumb. Yeah. And here's my thing. It makes the most sense, A, to not stop moving the body. Like, yeah. the originals can run fast. Damon should just keep moving. It'll be harder for Alaric to catch him if he keeps moving and doesn't stay in one place. Number one. Yeah. Number two, I know Elena doesn't want to be a vampire. But at this point, if I'm Elena, I'll be like, just give me vampire blood, kill me. Alaric will be dead. That'll solve our problem. Yes, I'll be a vampire, but I don't know what else to do at this point. Yeah, that seems like the easiest option. And it is true that like stopping at a storage unit, I get the point of a storage unit, plenty of places to hide, whatever. But like there has to be a better, I I think moving, continuing moving is better or find a foreclosed house or I guess foreclosed house doesn't work. Try to find a house that like alert can't be invited into. Yeah, I don't know. Go compel someone in the countryside to let you in and then compel them to not let anyone else in. And alert might be able to compel them if he can find 
the house. Yeah, but at least it's a little bit harder to find. I mean, he's clearly hunting it down some other way. I'm sure Esther's helping him somehow. But yeah, just keep on moving. But also, I get that for the purpose of the show, he needs to be able to find it because yeah. else nothing happens. <laughs> so we go back over to the Lockwood house. Caroline and Tyler are debriefing and Caroline's like, you know, we can't just leave town. And Tyler says, yeah, we can. And as a matter of fact, we should. Yeah, he's like, I actually think it's a good idea. Caroline says our friends need us. And Tyler says, yeah, and our mothers need us to stay alive. Stefan and Damon are going to do whatever it takes to protect themselves. These are our lives. So let me protect you. Because obviously, Stefan and Damon don't care if I live or die. Never have. Yeah, he's like, I am not the top priority, so I might as well go. He's like, and I know they care if you live or die, but only because you're in the same bloodline as them. Yeah. He's like, they could not care less about me. And he's like, and I understand it. I do. (laughs) And Caroline says, okay, fine. I'll go anywhere with you. If we have to spend the rest of our lives running, I'll run with you. Girl, what? For him? And I'm like, aw, but you love him that much still? Interesting. You're going to hang out this whole time and you're not worried about, like, what are you going to talk about? Yeah, aren't you going to run out of stuff to to talk about? What Does he have any interest? Drawing. (laughs) Drawing. Well, I guess he'll have plenty of time to get good at drawing. Yeah, take a lot of classes. But Caroline says, but first I have to help our friends. Unfortunately, Caroline ends up not being much help to the plan, Uh, but that's not her fault. Yeah. Tyler says, "Okay, I'll get stuff together and I'll meet you at the cell, the Lockwood cell in two hours. And she says, deal. They kiss. Tyler says, we got to travel light. What do you need? And she says, just you. Well, maybe a curling iron. (laughs) Slay. (laughs) Slay. One thing about her, her hair will be done. She's like, I'm going to look nice wherever we're going. I don't care if I'm on the run. They kiss. She's like, I have to tell Bonnie. And he's like, no, I'll call Bonnie. He says, two hours, don't be late. And she leaves. No, he should have let her call Bonnie. Yeah, because Bonnie's like, Tyler, I'm so glad I could give you a phone call. I have a very exciting opportunity for you. I have an easy teensy favor to ask of you. So then we go over to the storage facility where we'll be spending some time this episode. Damon and Bonnie are walking in and Damon says, you know, I'm not halfway out of Virginia and Elena sells our souls to the originals. And Bonnie says, I don't know what to tell you. It's her call. And Damon says, you know what else is her call? Everything bad ever. He's in a mood. <laughs> Bonnie's like, it really doesn't matter what the fuck she does. I've got my own plan going. She's, I've got a spell in my back pocket, so I don't really want to hear shit from you. Bonnie asks where Klaus's body is because it is currently unspelled, which means Alaric is a witch away from finding it. Of course, does Alaric know any witches? No. Well, he knows one, but she's dead. But maybe Esther's helping him from the other side. I guess we don't have any evidence of that, but we it, there's a fear at least. We have to entertain the idea. Yeah. Um, either way, it's good to spell it. Yeah. And Damon says, oh, you know, it's hidden. I was going to use unit 666, but that's a little obvious. So I used 1020. There's some bird cages, a mini fridge, box of old Playboys and one beef jerkified original. Bonnie opens the coffin and there is Klaus's body. His eyes open, but he is desiccated. Yeah, so he can't do anything, but he can look at him. He tries really to communicate some emotion through his eyes. Joseph Morgan is acting. And Bonnie just stares at Klaus for a second. And Damon's like, all right, Queenie, jam the signal. Let's move. He's like, come on, girl, we got to get to it. And she says, you know, Elena and Jeremy lost Jenna and Alaric because of him. Alaric was because of Esther. But, you know, I can see how the cause and effect. She says, Tyler's a hybrid. My mom's a vampire. I just want a minute to appreciate the sight of him like this. And Damon says, "Okay, cool with me. And he leaves her alone. Foolish mistake. Now, Damon, what do you think she really needs to be alone with? You think she needs to be alone to like look at him? Come on. She's doing a spell. Have you met Bonnie? (laughs) Yeah. If there's one thing Bonnie's going to do, it's a spell. Yeah. Unlike Elena, she'll make her own decision, but she won't tell anyone about it. Elena has to ask everyone and then make it. Bonnie's like, "Mm, no, I'm good. She's like, I'm not looking for recommendations. Yeah, she's like, I I know what I'm doing, but thanks. So Bonnie, alone with Klaus, says, you know, you should burn in hell. But if you die, 
So do my friends. And so does my mother. So what am I supposed to do about that? And Klaus says, because <laughs> he's desking. Yeah. <laughs> we go back over to the Gilbert house. Elena says, hey, Stefan, can you make sure that Alaric doesn't lay a hand on Jeremy? Girly, that is the least of your issues, but that's okay. And that's also a lot to ask. Yeah. <laughs> Stefan says, hey, Jeremy will be fine. Between all of us, we'll have strength in numbers to disarm Alaric. Maybe so, because they had three vampires and Jeremy in the woods to meet Alaric, but he ended up not ever showing up there. So strength and numbers don't matter. And also yeah, put all the energy in the wrong place. But exactly. But hey, fair enough. I get why they did it. And she's still upset. And so Stefan's like, hey, what's wrong? She says, well, lately, I feel like every time someone walks out of this house, there's a chance they may not make it back home. And Stefan's like, yeah, a lot of people are dying. And Stefan in the past has been known for being like, I promise you no one's going to die tonight. Um, He's learned from that. And instead, today, he says, I promise I will do everything in my power to make sure we all come back. So he said, I will try my very best. He said, I'll do what I can do. We'll see. (laughs) We'll see how it goes. (laughs) And Elena says, Stefan, forget it. We can talk later. And he turns away and then he turns back. They have a very long romantic kiss. And he says, just in case there is no later. And okay, Stelena Hive, you won this one. Stelena girlies, we got it. We got it. Actually, Stelena girlies got a lot this week, but we'll get into it. Stelena girlies got crumbs and I sucked up every crumb that I was given. Mm, Yummy. Yeah, Stelena girlies, this was not your episode. We'll see if season four bodes better. Then we go back to the storage facility. Damon has called Stefan. He says, hey, update from here. Bonnie just left. Rebecca should be here soon to pick up the body. And Stefan says, well, great news over here. I have Caroline and Elijah in place and Jeremy is going to lead Alaric to us. And Damon says, you know what? I got a bone to pick with you. You just had to let her make the choice, didn't you? And Stefan's like, yeah, that's my thing. And Stefan says, well, what would you have done, Damon? And Damon says, I would have grabbed her, gagged her, and threw her in a well. Anything other than trust Elijah. And that also seems extreme because I do think Elijah's trustworthy again. Yeah, I think there's a middle ground between these two reactions. Like, you don't have to let Elena make every decision, but you also don't have to make every decision. Yeah, you guys can compromise. You guys can, you know, collaborate. Yeah. And Stefan says, well, you know, she'd just hate you for it. And Damon says, yes, I'm well aware, but she would be alive to hate me. Thus, the eternal difference between us, brother. What are we? Two different characters in a TV show meant to represent two ends of the spectrum of love? Damon's like, yeah, I've said this before and I'll say it again. I don't care if she hates me as long as she's alive. And Stefan says, "Okay, well, as soon as we get the stake, hand over the coffin and get out. Alaric's got half the police looking for Klaus's car. What they should be worried about is the police looking for Damon's car. Why didn't you get a rental car? (laughs) And they didn't park anywhere hidden. I'm guessing they just parked right at the storage center. Yeah, I'm guessing they parked right out front. I'm guessing they parked in a handicapped spot. Because they were like, we can park out front because Alaric's going to the woods. Because we told him the body's in the woods. We tricked him. Why would he look into anything else? Not their best plan. (laughs) Not their worst plan, though. Yeah. (laughs) And then Damon hears a door and he says, oh, Gotta go. Rebecca's here. Let's not jump to conclusions. Let's let's not count our chickens before they hatch. (laughs) So Damon hangs up. He gets up and says, it's about time, Rebecca. But nope, Alaric chokes him. He says, where's Klaus? And Damon says, what? How did you find me? And Rick says, you know, you would be amazed at how competent law enforcement is when it's not corrupted by vampires. I find it hard to believe that they were actually that competent. 
I would be amazed. I think they just were driving a car with an exposed license plate. I think they put out a, a bolo to be on the lookout and a different police department found the car. I don't care what is limiting the Mystic Falls Police Department. I do think some of it is hiding vampires. I think most of it is their low intelligence. Need I remind you, it's not like the Mystic Falls Police Department was super competent when the sheriff wasn't on the side of the vampires. Yeah. They're not known for their like efficiency with or without corruption. Alaric says, now, where is Klaus? And Tamon says, he's in a storage locker. There's only about a thousand of them. Have at it. Uh, Rick snaps Damon's neck and does have at it. He starts he's like, he's like, at least he'll be quiet. I don't care how long it takes me to look through these. <laughs> I don't want to hear from you. Then we go back over to the Gilbert house. Matt brings Elena a cup of tea and she says, thank you. She drinks it and he says, sorry, I over honeyed. I suck at tea. Uh, now, we know he didn't over honey. He actually over roofied. <laughs> He put in like a roofie and was like, I wonder if this tastes like anything. And he almost took a sip to try it. He's like, no, that's dumb, Matt. Good job. Caught that. So he just put like a fuck ton of honey in it because he's like, in case there's a taste. Yeah. Because he didn't know. And then he says, so, Stefan, can you mind your business for 10 minutes? Can you just go downstairs? Wait till I fall asleep. Damn. Yeah. But Elena kind of does want to talk about it. Uh, So she does (laughs) start spilling. She says, he saved my life, you know. I never told you that, but the night my parents' car went off the bridge, Stefan is the one who saved me. They're reminding us of this because it's going to be relevant in a second. Yeah, because we're going to need to remember that. Matt says, oh, so you feel like you owe him. And Elena's like, no, I didn't say that. After the accident, I kind of felt like I didn't know how to live anymore, like I didn't really want to. But being with Stefan, I somehow figured it out. And that's what love should be. You should love the person that makes you feel glad you're alive. Matt says, so what's the problem? Elena says, the problem is Damon. When I'm with him, it just consumes me. And I know I can't love them both and it's wrong. But when I choose one, I'll lose the other. And I don't want to lose anyone else. I just wish I had my mom here to give me some advice. Elena falls asleep. We don't see her fall asleep, but we do go to a flashback. Luckily, her mom giving her advice perfect for this moment. Exactly. Who would have thought? So Elena is at the bonfire and she calls home. And Jenna picks up and says, your dad is making me play Pictionary, which I suck at. And he says, yeah, you're terrible at it. She says, bite me, Grayson. And Elena says, hey, do you think someone could come pick me up? And Jenna says, oh, having second thoughts about missing family night. And then Miranda's like, give me the phone. She says, hey, Elena, everything okay?" And Elena says, Matt and I got into a fight. He was talking about college and marriage and all the stuff he always talks about. And I just couldn't. And Miranda gives various student advice here that she says he doesn't really care about all that stuff yet. He's just trying to figure out how you feel about him now. He's testing the waters. He's like, how would it how would you feel if we were thinking about that? And Elena notably feels bad about it. And Elena said, ah, and he said, no. And Elena says, I don't know how I feel. And Miranda says, "Mm, yeah, you do. You just don't want to admit it. (laughs) And Elena says, well, I don't want to lose him. And Miranda says, well, you're not going to lose him. You're setting him free. Then. Elena wakes up in a car and it's like, I'm sorry, what the fuck is she doing in a car? Yeah. (laughs) Didn't we all agree we're keeping her at home? Yeah. No, we didn't all agree that. As a matter of fact. And she's very confused. Come to find out she's in Matt's truck and she says, hello. And he says, sorry, it was the only way to get you in the truck. And she says, you drugged me? And he says, yeah, sorry, uh, but you don't have any parents to tell you what's wrong you've got me and jeremy and a bunch of vampires fighting a war you shouldn't be in the middle of so i'm taking you out of town it's the only way to keep you safe big words for a man who's about to drive off a bridge yeah <laughs> uh, matt 
I'm a little worried. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I don't think you should be in charge of any of this. Yeah. <laughs> There's a reason you're like a backup guy. So then we go back over to the storage facility. Rick is opening a bunch of doors, looking for the coffin. And then the elevator dings and out comes Rebecca. And she's like, Damon, alert gets his steak ready. Because he's like, yeah, she's walking right up to me, baby. And he stalks her through the facility. Rebecca's like, you know, Damon, this isn't funny. And then someone grabs Rebecca, but it's actually Damon. And he says, shh. After some more walking around, Rick has stumbled upon unit 1020, where we know Klaus was. And he sees that there's not a lock on it, which is a good clue that recently Damon broke into it. Yeah. Rick opens the unit, but there's no coffin. Elsewhere in the facility, we see Rebecca and Damon with the coffin. They're wheeling it. They're almost to the car. Alaric intercepts them. He tosses Rebecca to the side. He tosses Damon to the side. He opens the coffin to find Klaus's body. Klaus widens his eyes. Yeah, because he's like, hey. And Alaric takes out a stake. They all scream no. And he stakes Klaus. Klaus gasps and catches on fire. And I still have the audacity to be like, no. And they keep it going long enough that you like almost start to believe it. When you can see the fire and then he closes the coffin and you're like, okay, sure. I get what you're trying to make me think. And Rebecca cries. So it's like at this point, Klaus looks pretty dead, but we're, you know, taking it all with a grain of salt. Yeah. Because luckily in about an hour, we'll have some evidence or so we're meant to believe. So then Rick takes his stake back out and closes the coffin and he says, all right, uh, Rebecca, you're next. So he's like, so let's go. Damon says, okay, uh, hey, Rebecca, run. And she does. Yeah, she doesn't waste any time. Alaric uh, knocks Damon to the ground and runs off after Rebecca. And then Damon decides to give Stefan a call to deliver the bad news. He says, hey. So Alaric states Klaus and he is dead. And they're like, oh. And Stefan says, well, I feel okay. And Damon says, yeah, I don't feel anything either. Stefan says, well, it took Sage about an hour before she got sick. And Damon says, or Klaus was lying about being the sire of our bloodline. And Stefan says, well, if he wasn't lying... An hour isn't enough time to get you all the way back to Mystic Falls. And Damon says, ah, what? So we can have an epic goodbye. And Stefan says, not us, brother. You and Elena. Stefan's like, even you should get to say goodbye to her. Yeah, he's like, I already got a kiss. He's like, I I was doing good today. He's like, I'm ahead. We can even it out before we die. My treat. (laughs) And Damon says, well, I guess you'll just have to say goodbye. The both of us, call me if you cough up a lung. And he hangs up. Jeremy, having overheard this phone call, says, I have a wrinkle. He's like, I, I know the timing is bad, but I, I do have some news that is relevant to this. I feel as though I should share with you. Uh, Elena is not actually at home, as you were led to believe she was. Matt and I decided that we should get her out of town. And I know what you're thinking. That was a stupid idea. I'm seeing that now. <laughs> I, I'm getting there as well at this moment. At the time, it seemed very smart to us. And that we should be making the main decision. I mean, you like it when Elena makes decisions. Let's just remind you of that um, before you get mad at me for this one. I just want to lay it all out on the table. And now we're all on the same page. So Stefan enters denial. He says it's going to be fine. Klaus was lying. We're all going to be okay. And then Caroline and Elijah approach and they're like, we're here. We're ready to stop Alaric. Who's ready to party? The mood is bad here. What happened? Yeah, they're like, why aren't you guys excited that we're about to get out of this situation? So let me go back over to Matt's car. Jeremy has filled Matt in. Matt hangs up the phone. And Elena says, we have to go back. Matt, like, doesn't want to turn around because he's a bitch ass. And Elena says, listen, Matt, if Klaus is the one that turned their bloodline, then they're all going to die. We have to go back. And Matt says, Elena, Damon is not with them. 
And she says, what? Why are you telling me that? She says, why would that matter? Matt says he's 100 miles out of town. I can keep driving to him or I can turn around and go back to Stefan. It's your choice. And this is just incredible because it is such a like basic decision that basically puts this pressure on the love triangle. It is just such a perfect device by Miss Julie Pleck to have them basically equidistant from Elena. So she has to choose which one to say goodbye to. It's incredible that she has like to force her into a choice somehow because, you know, she wasn't ready to do this, but she had to get forced to pick one for some reason. And what what a way to be forced. It is simple, but it is elegant. It is perfect. It is just like a flawless way to force Elena into a choice. It makes me laugh. It is just as soon as he's like, Elena, like we can keep going. I was like, oh, she's just going to have to pick right fucking now. Because also like you can't just like think about it for an hour because like you've got to pick one now so you can decide which path you're on. Because she happens to be like right in the middle. (laughs) So Elena gives Damon a call. And if you watch The Bachelor, you know, it's never good to be the first person who gets the call. (laughs) Well, and it's also like if she was going to go say goodbye to him, why would she call him first? Yeah. So you can see when when Damon gets the call, he's like, oh, fuck. He's like, come on, man. It's like the morning of bachelor proposals and then the bachelor or bachelorette comes to your hotel room. That's not where you're getting proposed to. That doesn't bode well. That's not what's going to happen today. But Damon does answer. And he says, let me guess, calling to see if the Grim Reapers played a visit. She says, hey, how you feeling? Any symptoms? He says, not yet, but I'm sure we're all going to have a laugh when we find out Klaus is a liar. And she says, yeah, I'm sure we will. They're all in denial. Uh, Damon asks where she is. And she says, okay, so I guess we're getting right into it. Okay, so uh, Matt's taking me home. And he's like, ah. And Damon says, to Stefan. And she says, well, it's not just Stefan. It is to Tyler and Caroline. And Damon's like, no, no, I get it. But since I might die in about an hour, may I ask a question? And she says, well, of course, I can't say no. She says, depends on the question. She said, you can ask. Will I answer? We'll see. He says, you are welcome to ask whatever you want. I might hang up, though. He says, if it was just down to him and me and you had to make a choice who got the goodbye, who would it be? Because it is like, you know, she might be picking Stefan, but she also like she had an easy out for picking Stefan over Damon because it had all these other people. So he's like, no, let's get down to it. Yeah, it's an easy excuse for her. She can blame it on that. But the thing is, is like she's in the car. She could call Caroline. It's not the same as saying goodbye. Yeah. But at the heart of it, it is between Stefan and Damon. She does answer his question. She says, I love him, Damon. He came into my life at a time when I needed someone and I fell for him instantly. No matter what I feel for you, I never unfell for him. And Damon gets a little self-deprecating. He says, I get it. It's Stefan. It's always going to be Stefan. The refrain that every woman always says to Damon. Heartbreaking. And she says, I can't think about always. All I can think about is right now. And I care about you, which is why I have to let you go. And then she says, I mean, maybe if you and I had met first. And Damon mutes the phone and says, ah! <laughs> he said, well, I have news. <laughs> well, I have good news. Well, I have a story to tell you. She makes a good point, which I think does sum up why she's picking Stefan, because I do think, and obviously the Caroline and Tyler variable is here. Mm-hmm. But I do think without the Caroline and Tyler variable, she still picks Stefan. Because she makes a good point that she can't think about always. She can't think about like what would happen down the line if she stayed and chose Damon. Right now, she gets to say goodbye to one person. And she has to say goodbye to the one that she like 
knows she's in love with, she still doesn't really know how to label her feelings for Damon. Yeah. And I think she knows that Damon can bounce back from her doing this. Stefan would not. Like, it's not like Damon's not going to be hurt by it, but it would be much more hurtful to Stefan if she chose Damon than it's going to be to Damon if she chooses Stefan right now in these circumstances. Yeah, because she does have to consider the possibility that no one is going to die and that they have to deal with this fallout. And I think she knows that, like, it would hurt Stefan so much for her to pick Damon that if they die, like, she knows that, like, Damon would forgive her for this, whereas Stefan, it would take longer. She doesn't want to have them die and have Stefan hate her while he's dying. Yeah. And if they live, she can mend her relationship with Damon. Damon's done enough wrong things in their membership and their friendship's always been mended, their relationship. But her and Stefan's relationship has come to the breaking point many times. And she knows that it can't take another hit like it can't take another big hit if they live through this whole thing. It's a frayed rope at this point, and she is not going to take another sniff at it. Yeah, it's not the time. Damon understands it, but it is very heartbreaking to hear maybe if you and I had met first because we find out later they had and she just doesn't remember. Yeah. But she returns to her safe little denial land. She says, you're going to be fine and I'm going to see you soon. Damon says real soon. Goodbye, Elena. He hangs up as Rick is back and Damon says, I see you're still pissed. Uh, I take it Goldilocks gave you the slip. At first, when he was looking like he had a different kind of face on, I was like, is good Rick peeking through? <laughs> but no. But no, then Rick punches him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then we go over to the Lockwood cellar. Caroline runs in calling for Tyler. He comes out and hugs her and he says, I'm sorry, I was with Bonnie. What happened? This scene is particularly funny on a rewatch because he is not talking like Tyler. He's talking like Klaus pretending to be Tyler. I was and I was watching this and I was like, he, I, I was like, when was he with Bonnie? But I like ignored it because I was like, well, at least he's still alive. For well, now. and they set it up really in the episode like Tyler was going to tell Bonnie they were leaving town. Yeah. So it's like there's not enough red flags to really notice anything when you're watching it. But I will say upon rewatch, it is very funny to know that this is Klaus. Yeah. And so Caroline comes in sobbing. She's like, it's Klaus. Klaus died. He's dead. She's like sobbing. And, and Klaus is sitting there like, wow, she's so sad. I was like, wow, she's crying a lot. Even though it's about Tyler. But it's still. about like all her friends dying. But Klaus is so delusional. He's like, it's about me. He's like, wow. He's like, this is fun. And so Tyler makes the realization what she's saying, which is basically like, you're for sure going to die. I might die. But Klaus knows that he's not dead because he's yeah. in Tyler's body. So he says, you're going to be fine, Caroline, because he knows for a fact she is. Yeah. She says, it's not me I'm worried about. And Tyler says, hey, there's no point. This line, if you listen to it, this is not the way Tyler talks. I was thinking, I was like, when did Tyler mature? This is what Tyler says. And it sounds like so not what Tyler would say. He says, there's no point. I'm a lost cause, but you're strong and you have a beautiful future ahead of you. See, when he said that, I was a little like, like that doesn't really sound like him but how like, Tyler's sweet. very eloquent yeah but like I was like wow Tyler's so sweet and like I love this couple again yeah I wonder why Stephanie he says when you make it through this just tell my mother I left town like I was supposed to okay and that sounds more like Tyler and what a sad line yeah it made me cry because I was thinking like wow Tyler's like really caring about his mom this way and then Tyler kisses her and they hug. Klaus <laughs> <laughs> <was> like, <laughs> wants to get a kiss in. <laughs> and then he starts like groaning and coughing and gasping. And upon retrospect, we know that Klaus is faking this. And even when I'm watching it, I'm like, this seems kind of fake. But 
I was like, I was like, I don't know. He's coughing. That's how you die. I guess. And you can see upon rewatch, Michael Trevino does a really good job here because this is a tricky thing. He's supposed to be Klaus pretending to be Tyler pretending to die, yeah. but he doesn't want to make it too obvious that he's pretending because obviously it would snitch on himself. So Michael Trevino does a really good job in this scene being like fake, but believably so. Yeah. So Tyler, you know, he's coughing and he's like, you feel anything? And Caroline's like, I feel fine. She's like, oh no. And that's a bad sign. Tyler says, you need to get out of here. I don't want you to watch me die. Mostly because he doesn't want her to stick around because he won't die. <laughs> yeah, because I'm not going to. So he can't get away with this forever. And she says, no, I don't want to leave. I want to stay with you. And he says, you need to run or I'll make you. So he starts to turn with the implication being like, if you don't leave, I will bite you and you will die of a werewolf bite. Yeah, because Klaus is dead, as you believe. So he tells her to go and she does indeed run. So then we go back to Matt's truck. Elena is on the phone with Caroline and then she hangs up and Matt's like, what now? That's like, oh, here we go. And Elena says it's Tyler. He uh, and, you know, they know what the end of that sentence is. And Matt says, damn it, a few times, punches the steering wheel. And Elena says, hey, stop it. And it's like, hey, calm down. It was just Tyler. Hey, you're driving. Okay. <laughs> it wasn't Stefan or Damon. <laughs> and Matt says, this isn't how our lives were supposed to be, Elena. Well, they are now. So what are you going to do? <laughs> I think we're past that. Yeah. Move, move on. <laughs> Find a new thing to be upset about. This is your life. So then we go out to the woods. Rebecca has found Elijah. And she says, he's gone. There was nothing I could do to stop it. And they hug. And Elijah says... Okay, so Tyler Lockwood is dead, but the rest survived. You said Niklaus turned their bloodline. And Rebecca says, I thought he did. Yeah, she's like, as far as I knew, he did. And Elijah says, well, it wasn't me and it wasn't Cole. And Rebecca says, it wasn't me. It was Niklaus. I'm sure of it. And Elijah says, then how the fuck are they still alive? Elijah's like, that doesn't make any goddamn sense. Then we go over to the Lockwood cellar where Bonnie comes in, pretty much implying that she's the reason they're still alive, but we don't have the answer for it yet. And she says, I know you're here. And then Tyler comes out of the shadows. I was thinking she had somehow like hidden Klaus in here. I didn't know how that was happening. Even though we saw his body burn. But I was expecting to see Klaus. She's like, oh, his body was here. And then it's Tyler's like, what the fuck are you doing here? Didn't you die? (laughs) I felt confident that Tyler wasn't dead. But even when he came out, I was like, okay, this doesn't make any sense, though. To be fair, we don't know what's up with Tyler. We know what's up with Tyler's body. We don't know. Yeah. Tyler comes out and says, I must say, you executed the swapping spell brilliantly. I wasn't sure you had it in you. Again, not really speaking like Tyler. Yeah. With this sentence, it's pretty obvious that's not Tyler. Yeah. Because I don't think Tyler has ever used the word executed. He doesn't know that word. (laughs) That's way too many letters. Bonnie says, I did it to save my friends and my mother, not you. Klaus, Tyler, there's not really a way to combine their names. Ty Klaus? Tyler. <laughs> I like Ty Klaus better. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Ty Klaus says, the spirits won't be happy with you. And she says, yeah, well, the spirits don't really get to tell me what to do anymore. I'm done getting pushed around. I did it because I wanted to. She said, I could give a fuck about the spirits. And all the spirits are on dumbass Esther's side. So I don't really think they know what they're doing either. So we go out to the woods. Rebecca has called Stefan or Stefan's called Rebecca. No, Rebecca's called Stefan. She says, you're alive. Congrats. Elijah spoke to Elena. Her and Matt should be arriving back in town any minute. Matt, could there be any other road without a bridge? Do we have to take Wickery Bridge? Is it the one road? I think we have to be under the assumption that like Wickery Bridge is the only way into town. Yeah. And Stefan says, yeah, I heard that. He also said that you would be long out of town. Rebecca says, that's the problem. Elijah says we have to run because the hunter is going to keep coming. But here's the thing. I know it's only 50, 60 years, but me personally, 
I don't want to run anymore. I spent my whole life running. She's like, that's too long for me. And I don't know if you know this about me. I absolutely hate Elena. <laughs> yeah, I've been waiting to kill this bitch for the entire time I've known her. And Stefan says, hey, whoa there. We had a deal. And Rebecca says, yeah, sorry, but Klaus is dead. You didn't hand over Klaus's body. So we actually don't have a deal. That was really the whole point of the do- deal. Yeah, she said the deal was nullified the second you let my brother die, even though I was there and also let him die. Yeah. She says, if my brothers and I are going to survive, we need to get rid of Alaric. And the only way to get rid of Alaric, and we see the truck approach and Stefan realizes, we realize what, you know, she's implying. I I see the truck and I see the bridge and I was like, no, not the bridge. No. (laughs) And Stefan says, Rebecca, no. And then we go check in in the car really quick. And Elena's like, I need to call Stefan, but my phone is dying. It's because she's been on back-to-back calls. She's she's been on her whole media tour. She's using all her minutes. It's because you'd be on that damn phone. Yeah. And Matt says, oh, you can use my phone. And he briefly looks away from the road. And when he looks back up, Elena says, Matt, look out. And Rebecca's just standing in the road. She doesn't really do anything. Matt, to avoid her, turns fully to the right and drives, or to the left, who knows, and drives completely off Wickery Bridge. We see the truck go off the bridge into the water. I know that instinct takes over. You're going to do what you're going to do. You can just try the brakes. Yeah, what is wrong with the brake pedal? You're on a bridge. And you know it's Rebecca. She can survive getting hit by a truck. Maybe they couldn't see it was Rebecca. I just have to pick on Matt. This really is Matt's fault when you get down to it. Oh, brother, this guy stinks! Way to go. Classic Matt. And then after they drive off the bridge, we get a flashback. Elena comes to in the car, but it's with her parents. The water is not all the way full in the car yet. She can talk to her dad still. And she says, dad. And he says, we're going to be okay. I promise. Don't promise. Yeah, it's like a jinx at that point. Yeah, he fiddles with the car. He's trying to open the door as it's filling with water. Then we go over to the storage unit. Rick tosses a bloody Damon to the ground. And he says, you're not going to fight back. And Damon says, "Mm, you're kind of invincible, Rick. And Rick says, don't call me that. We're not friends. Damon's like, we were. You used to be my best friend. He said, we were very close. And Rick says, well, you know, our friendship was part of the problem. It kept me weak. That's why it took so long for the real me to break through. So we find out that the real reason it took so long was because they were such good BFFs. That's cute. Friendship. Thanks, Damon. But Rick says, now I'm going to break you. And he punches Damon. And Damon lays there contemplating everything that's gone up to this point, And he has a flashback of him laying in the road, his favorite form of therapy, his little nighttime routine. And he overhears Elena on the phone and she's on the phone with Bonnie. She says, I know, I know, Bonnie, you and my mom are right. I just can't bring myself to tell him at least not tonight. He'll be busy tonight, Elena. Yeah, you, you should have done it tonight. Damon approaches and says, Catherine, because he's like, oh, my God, Catherine got out of the tomb. Great. Why are you wearing a Henley? And she says, uh, no. I'm Elena. And he's like, interesting. He says, sorry, you just remind me of someone. I'm Damon. And she says, well, not to be rude or anything, Damon, but it's kind of creepy that you're out here in the middle of nowhere. And he says, you want to talk? You're out here by yourself. And she says, "Uh, it's Mystic Falls. Nothing bad ever happens here. Well, call me in a couple hours. (laughs) She was like, I was on the phone with my friends. You're just sitting here. And not for nothing. You're way too hot to go to my high school. I would have noticed you. Yeah. I would have dumped Matt already if he went to my high school. We don't really know why, but she opens up to Damon, probably because this is when it's before her parents died. She's, you know, open to life. She's perky and fun. She's still her fun, crazy self. She says, I got into a fight with my boyfriend. And he says, about what can I ask? And she says, life, the future. He's got it all mapped out. And Damon says, and you don't want it. And she says, well, I don't know what I want. Well, if you had a fight with him about it, it's because you don't want it. I mean, it's pretty easy read. 
Elena <laughs> loves to say she doesn't know what she wants or she doesn't know how she feels. But the thing is, in all these situations, she does know, but she knows it's not the way she's supposed to feel or not the thing she's supposed to want. Or it's going to hurt someone by her feeling that way. Exactly. This is Elena's eternal issue. Damon says, that's not true. You want what everyone wants. And she says, okay, mysterious stranger who has all the answers. What do I want? She turns up the flirt meter. One thing about Elena is she does love to flirt. Yeah, one thing about Elena, she will be flirting. We haven't seen her flirt in a while because, you know, it's been a pretty heavy couple months. Yeah. Flirting hasn't been the top priority, but I love to see it. She doesn't even need to flirt with Stefan because he just feels so bad that he almost drove her off the bridge that she has since flown off. (laughs) (laughs) She has now flown off twice. Yeah. Damon says, let's just say I've been around for a long time and I've learned a few things. And she says, "Okay, so tell me what it is I want. And he says, you want a love that consumes you passion, adventure, maybe a little danger. Good read. She does. And she says, and what do you want? But before he can answer, to which he would say, I want you to kiss me because you are so pretty and I'm already in love with you. The horn honks. And she says, oh, that's my parents. And then he gets close to her and he compels her. And he says, I want you to get everything you're looking for. But right now, I want you to forget this happened. I can't have people knowing I'm in town yet. Good night, Elena. And then he leaves. Her parents pull up and you can see her like forget what just happened. Yeah, because she's like, why am I standing in the road? She's like, why am I so horny right now? <laughs> it's like, what was that feeling from? <laughs> and then we go back over to the storage unit. Damon and Rick are still fighting. Damon says, is that all you got? And Rick says, not quite. And then Rick gets ready to stake Damon. But Damon pushes back and fights. And he finally starts to get the upper hand in this fight. Meanwhile, we finally go back over to Wickery Bridge in the present day. We start by seeing Matt's truck at the bottom of the river, and we go back and forth between the present day with Elena and Matt in the car and the flashback with Elena and her parents in the car. So we start in the truck. Elena and Matt come to. The cab is already full of water. Actually, no, Matt doesn't come to. Only Elena comes to. And then in the flashback, we see her parents' car is full of water. Elena's dad is trying to break the window. Her mom is already passed out. Elena watches all this in horror. And this is why every time I drive over a bridge, I put my windows down. Because if you fall into the ocean, you can swim out or there's less pressure to open the door. Just a little life hack. Not that I've ever had to use this and I hope I don't. Yes, I hope I don't drive off Wickery Bridge. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you can see he's like pushing the door. Yeah, like elbowing it, trying to like break the window maybe, but we're past that. Yeah. In the present day, Elena shakes Matt. She tries to open the door. She hits the door like her dad. So we see... Very interestingly, her dad being the one trying to save them in the past and Elena trying to be the one to save them in the present. Mm -hmm. Interesting parallel. Back in the flashback, she watches her dad struggle and she like shouts out to him. He turns back, they hold hands and he just like shakes his head. Yeah, like Elena, we're not getting out of this car. Like there's nothing I can do. This isn't happening. Elena nods. She understands. She's kind of at peace with it because if there's one thing Elena craves, it's the sweet release of death. (laughs) Yeah. She says, I love you. They let go of hands and just kind of start letting it happen. In both the present day and the past, we see Stefan swim up. In the past, Stefan comes in and like knocks on Elena's dad's door and he says, no, not me. Go save Elena. And Stefan says, Catherine? (laughs) Stefan says, she's hot. (laughs) Yeah, I'm saving her. (laughs) Fuck that guy. (laughs) And in the present... He tears off the driver's side door of the truck and it's hysterical because he starts to crawl right over Matt. He completely yeah, he's reaching Matt. over Matt to grab Elena. He doesn't like, even give Matt a second thought. He doesn't even open her door. Like he just crawls over Matt. Because well, he's looking at Matt. He's like, that guy's dead. Time to go. He said, I don't really care about you. Yeah. But Elena insists 
that he save Matt first. He fights this a little bit because he wants to save Elena. And also, not for nothing, Elena's conscious. So he probably is like, oh, she could swim. Yeah, he's like, I may not be able to save Matt. Yeah, he tries to fight it, but he's been talking a big game about making Elena make her own decisions. So he lets Elena make her own decision. And there is the undercurrent of like, if Elena dies, the alert issue is over. Yes, but I don't think Stefan is particularly worried about the alert issue. Yeah, but I think that's like what Elena's thinking too of like, get Matt out first. And if you don't get me, you don't get me. Yeah, I mean, you can tell she's been running from death Death has been at her heels for quite a while. And she's like, I'm kind of okay with it. As a matter of fact, she's tried to, she has tried to die multiple times to save other people and no one ever lets her do it. Yeah. So this time she's like, please let me die to save my friend, Matt. And after some, a little bit of back and forth, Stefan does grab Matt and he swims. And you know, at this point, Elena had a lot of energy. So it kind of seems like Elena could unbuckle and swim, which I think is why Stefan specifically leaves Elena behind because he's like, Elena's going to be right behind me. Yeah, he's like, she can get out. And that's why he's like, even though I think he might have been strong enough to grab both of them, although it's touchy, that's why I think he doesn't do it. Yeah, because he probably thinks Elena's like, no, get him because he's passed out. I'll be there. But you can see that once he swims away with Matt, she kind of has a certain like sense of relief, like Matt's safe. And you can see she kind of relaxes. She seems to tire out. And then she like goes still. Her eyes are open, but she floats in a very specific way. And it's like, oh, she just fucking died. Yeah, it's like, it seemed to me that she was like, okay, I'm good. Let it come. Yeah, it seemed like she was fighting to save Matt. And once Matt was safe, she was kind of able to let it go. The same way that probably Elena's dad was like, I know that Elena's safe. I can let go. Yeah. What I will say about these parallels is it's a very interesting exploration of survivor's guilt, which is part of Elena's journey. So we see these parallels of the two crashes off Wickery Bridge. Well, I think especially because both crashes, I mean, I guess this one you can argue is more Matt's fault, but he was doing it to save Elena. Like Elena wouldn't have been picked up by her parents that night if she had just stayed home for family night on top of like being the one to survive the car crash. And I mean, Elena can even be like, we wouldn't have been on the bridge if I had just let people make the decision and let me leave town. And I had to go back and say goodbye to my friends. I'm so selfish. Or like if I had just like gone to see Damon instead, like we wouldn't be on this bridge at this time. Mm-hmm. Or like if I had made this, de- like if I had already made this decision weeks ago, we wouldn't be in this situation. No one would have let me leave Stefan if I had chosen him a week ago. It would have been a lot more what ifs, like all the what ifs every time. And like, that's kind of Elena's whole thing. She'll feel guilt about things forever. But at this point, it looks like Elena is dead. Yeah. Which is pretty crazy because she's our main character. She's like the one person we think is safe. And they move through the rest of the episode really fast after this. So we don't get a ton of time to be like, no way Elena's dead. Yeah. Because drowning seems pretty permanent. Like she could get CPR, but like that's really hit or miss Mm -hmm. at the end of the day. And like Bonnie's off doing her own thing. Yeah. Bonnie, queen of CPR. There are only so many spells. Yeah. That you can do. And would vampire blood save you from your lungs being full of water hard to say like if Stefan were to give her blood right now would she still have enough like consciousness to get there or would it just be more liquid in her lungs <laughs> drown her faster then we go briefly over to the storage unit and in case we have any assumption that Elena didn't die Rick starts to weaken and Damon's like what the fuck and then he falls to the ground and turns gray and veiny which as we know is the indication that a vampire is dead and Damon says Oh, no, you are not dead. 
because if you are dead. Yeah, he's like, no, wait, that doesn't make any sense. And also because he's like, no, you're still like my friend. I didn't want you to die. Yeah. Like, and I know I didn't kill you. So what is happening? So it's a lot of emotions for Damon. right? Yeah. Now. It's like, I know you're evil, but I was kind of hoping we'd figure some way out of this. I kind of thought we'd break regular luck out, but now you're gray. And where the fuck is Elena? <laughs> because this doesn't bode super well. And then we go over to the Gilbert house. Jeremy is pretty worried. He's calling Matt and he says, hey, where are you guys? You should have been back by now. They should have. They absolutely should have. And he looks up and Alaric is there. And he says, hey, Jeremy. And Jeremy's like, okay, not you. I think you've done enough. And how'd you even get in here? Because you haven't been invited in. Yeah, he's like, why are you here? And how did you get in? Like, this is too much. And Alaric says, honestly, I don't know. I just wanted to say goodbye. And it kind of happened. And Jeremy says, Rick, which is to say like, oh, real Rick? Yeah, not evil Rick. Rick smiles and says, I just want you to know, I will always be here to look after you. You'll never be alone, I promise. Jeremy says, I don't understand. And then he pretty quickly realizes like, wait, you're a ghost. And then he's like, wait, if you're a ghost, then you're dead. And if you're dead, then Elena. And then we briefly like go to a morgue where Elena is on a morgue table looking dead, although her hair is straightened so that mortician straightened her hair after it dried. (laughs) I think it was still kind of wet. And Stefan is sitting next to her crying because he's like, I guess this is why Damon doesn't let her make all her own decisions. Yeah, it seems like Damon might have been right here. And then we go over to the hospital. Damon comes in and he says, where is she? And Meredith says, Damon, wait just a second. I do have a little thing to reveal. I think you're going to think it's good news. Hard to say for sure. She (laughs) says, I have news. Uh, It's good and bad. When Jeremy brought Elena in earlier, her injuries were worse than I let on. It wasn't a concussion. It was a cerebral hemorrhage, bleeding on the brain. Jeremy was really worried, so I didn't want to tell him. I didn't want to tell anybody, but I helped her because she needed my help. And that's a pretty heavy implication I gave for vampire blood. And Damon pretty quickly picks up on that implication. And he says, what? Damon said, I'm the one who's supposed to give a vampire blood against her will. (laughs) And then Elena on the morgue table gasps awake. And that is where we end the episode. And that is where we end the season. What a cliffhanger. What a place to end. There's so much to unpack. Let's start with Elena. Do you think she's going to complete the transition? Do you think she will be a vampire in season four? I think she will. You think there's no way out of it? I think she's going to struggle with it, but I think she will complete the transition. I think someone might have to push her a little bit. I do think Caroline's going to be part of that push as well as Damon. I think Stefan, there's a potential that he'll be like, if you want to die, you can die. You know, just stick to his little guns on that one. It's hard to say if she will choose to complete it because I think she has some conflicting feelings about it. And obviously the way all this alert stuff has gone down, but I think she will be completing it. You know, it seems that this morgue is in the hospital and notably plenty of blood around to just run into there. Ain't that the truth? If you think Elena is going to complete the transition, that means that we will see Elena become a vampire. How do you think the transition will go for her? What kind of vampire do you think she'll be? What kind of traits might get heightened for better or for worse? (laughs) I do think this is interesting because we've gone through this question of will Elena turn? When is she going to turn all this? And I've long been like, oh, it has to get pushed back because I thought she was going to make the choice at some point, you know? Yeah. Like I thought she would be like, I love Damon so much. I'll turn. Nope. Against her will. It is also quite early in the show. Knowing that the show goes for eight seasons, the end of season three feels early to turn her into a vampire. Yeah, I think I'd been guessing season four and I even was like, that might be pushing it. Like, mm-hmm. th- this is a crazy move by Mr. Julie Plack. I love it. 
I think Elena is going to mirror a lot of Stefan's vampire traits, that kind of guilt, that kind of like trying to be stronger. I think she's going to be an interesting meld of like Stefan and Caroline's reactions to it. I don't think she's going to have nearly as smooth sailing as Caroline. Not to say that Caroline didn't have bumps along the way, but she like settled into it relatively quickly. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think Elena is going to have a little bit more of that guilt and like it's going to take her some time. Also, because she is still, you know, she's been balancing this, like, would my parents be proud of me even knowing vampires? And now to, like, be a vampire herself, that guilt is going to come out, I think, in new ways. Mm -hmm. And because of that, like, guilt connection, and I think that it's going to mirror Stefan, I think that is going to be a big issue for the two of them in a relationship. Because then it's just the same people being like, don't we feel bad all the time? Like, I think the comfort she gets from Stefan is that he's so solid and they are you know in her eyes whereas like I think she needs someone like Damon or Caroline in this transition to help her absolve her of that guilt and I think she is more able to be absolved of it than like Stefan because like you know Stefan already was kind of a guilty guy and then he killed his father and forced his brother to become a vampire so then it automatically was just like bang 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 Mm -hmm. whereas I think Elena can kind of work through it a little better. But so I think that's going to be an issue for her and Stefan moving forward. Here's a question kind of relating to that. A big issue uh, between different vampires is how much control they have over their bloodlust. How much control do you think Elena is going to have over her bloodlust should she become a vampire? Do you think it's going to be more like Caroline, who's pretty good about her blood intake? She doesn't seem to ever really get carried away. Or like Stefan, which is on the other end of the spectrum. <laughs> I think she's going to have a rougher start than Caroline, just given how Elena acts and responds to things. I think she's going to try to be like Stefan and not have any human blood because I think she's going to want to minimize damage as much as possible. Even though you can just get blood bags, it's not a big deal, but I think she'll lean more that way. And I think that will cause her to lose control because it just won't be enough to satiate her as a baby vampire. I think she'll even out into being fine with it. But I think it's going to take her longer than it took Caroline. Like, I think she's going to try to like beat the bloodlust in a way that you can't beat. Like you're going to need to drink blood, you know? Yeah. My last question about Elena is transition. During transitions, we've seen a lot of people usually kind of have one helper who helps them through the transition. And most people don't have a lot of options. Vicky kind of only had Stefan as an option. We saw how that went. Caroline also kind of only had Stefan as an option, but we also saw how that went. So between vampires, and we can assume like any vampires we know, but you know, like the original Stefan, Damon, Caroline, who do you think is really going to be the leader in getting Elena through her transition, either by Elena's choice or just by philosophy? Who do you think is going to take the lead on the transition for better or for worse? I have a guess where you're leading me with this. Really? I'll, I'll say it when I get to it. Um, I think it should be Caroline. I mean, I think Caroline's going to help, but I don't think she's going to be the head head. Um, I think there is going to be kind of a tug of war between Stefan and Damon leaning Stefan. But the way you ask that question makes me think it'll be Elijah. Oh, interesting. <laughs> Somehow. Because I think there is a balance between Stefan's guilt attachment as a vampire and Elijah's honor attachment. And they're sure. similar. You know, they, they go together but there's a control and a like understanding that comes from the honor side more than the guilt side. So I think Elijah would be particularly helpful to get Elena through some of this guilt. You think Rebecca's going to be cool with that? 
She thought she was killing this lady. I mean, Rebecca's used to losing by now. Yeah. And she'll be happy when they find out Klaus is okay, relatively. Well, I don't really think it's going to matter to Elijah what Rebecca thinks about it because I don't think Elijah's going to like seek this out to help her. But, you know, they're all in the same realm together now. So I think like it's going to be a lot of Stefan, Damon, Caroline trying to help her. And that will be very overwhelming. And Elijah, I think, would be the most useful for her specific issues that I foresee. One thing that I also want to put on your plate to think about transition wise is Elena effectively there's intricacies in here, but Elena effectively just chose Stefan. I want to move into the love triangle section of our reflections on the episode. Elena chose Stefan, but we also learned that she met Damon first. Now there's a couple things to ask. Oh, because compulsion comes undone. You become a vampire. I was wondering if you'd get there. You had to lead me right to it. I had to lead a horse to water. So number one question, how do you think the love triangle is going to go forward? Do you think that choice is going to be solid or you think she might flip flop? I mean, that choice is flipping. Uh, I don't think it's flipping flopping. I think it's just flipping. And I'll I'll give you a couple of reasons for this. I would love to hear them. One, the one I already laid out of her and Stefan are going to be two similar issues with the vampire thing. And it's just going to be, it's going to be like two of the same polarity sides of a magnet. It's just, you can never get back together the way it was. I do think this other, you know, these things that you brought up of things that he's said or things that she'll remember that will definitely like, I think would just cause like a crack in the armor of her and Stefan. Right. Like just like a question. I don't think those are enough to necessarily push her to Damon. I think the straw that breaks the camel's back is that we already know that her feelings for Damon are more passion focused, whereas her feelings for Stefan are more about stability. Now, passion will get turned up as a vampire. So I think those feelings are going to be a lot harder to ignore post transition. Great point. I also think something worth thinking about is when we've seen Damon compel Elena to forget an interaction between the two of them. It is mostly so he is not making a selfish decision. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of Elena's struggle with Damon is that she feels like he's selfish. She feels like his decisions are things she can't defend. But unselfish de- decisions, like, for example, the dream he gave to Rose when she died, speak to the kind of man that she thinks Damon is. But she is always looking for proof. Yeah. I'm glad you thought about the compulsion uh, un- coming undone, because guess what? I didn't think about that. I barely got there. But to be fair, I watched the episodes right in a row. Yeah. I cannot, I can literally not imagine what I would have done. I would have been inconsolable if I was watching this live and I had to wait like six months after this cliffhanger. Yeah. Julie Black would be getting a letter from me and it would not be kind. (laughs) It would be mean. Yeah. Moving away from Elena for a second. Other reflections. Number one, Alaric's dead. What's up with that? You think he's dead for good? Because he's dead, dead. We saw his ghost. (laughs) Okay, but I think it's notable that the ghost we saw was like the nice Alaric and not evil Alaric. I just think that's interesting. I don't know what that means. I hope that I can somehow get my logic to bring him alive and good again. I haven't quite made that connection how. So here's what we can assume, a couple assumptions we can make. We saw a good Alaric as a ghost talking to Jeremy. What that implies is that Alaric now being a supernatural creature, being a vampire, when he died, went to the other side. And it seems, if he's talking to Jeremy, do you think Jeremy was a pit stop before he gets to go find peace? Or do you think he's going to have to hang out on the other side? Oh, he'll be on the other side. That man will not know peace. (laughs) Yeah. So do you think Alaric's going to continue to be on the show as a ghost? Or do you think Alaric's gone? I think it's interesting because, yes, he's linked to Elena and Elena died. 
But is that death permanent enough to actually kill him all the way? I don't think we have enough evidence to say for sure yes. He be- he and I know we ghost. saw a ghost. He became a ghost. But, but we didn't That's see evidence. the evil ghost. I definitely think it's likely he's dead based off the ghost thing. But something tells me he's not. Are you sure you're not just saying that because you know that Matt Davis, the actor, you have come to the assumption that Matt Davis, the actor, may be on a spinoff or two? It's partially that, but I think it's more than that. Because the thing is, yes, we saw his body turn gray and veiny. That is not enough to guarantee death anymore. And yes, a ghost is a pretty hard push to guarantee it. But I just feel like because it's like a loophole of Elena not permanently dying i think he could still bounce back somehow because he is notably an original the way he came the way he transitioned in theory he should have to be killed by white oak oak stake so we don't know if this is really enough to kill him if elena's still up and walking although we did see that elena dying and a spell coming back like the spell the curse still came undone on klaus you know yeah death is death death is death so i think there's evidence in both directions that you could make an argument whether he's alive or dead do i think the evidence that he's dead is empirically stronger yes is it emotionally stronger no us seeing a ghost on the other side is pretty damning because i do think you bring up an interesting point that he's technically an original but when we've seen originals die in the past we don't often see their ghosts but none of them would come to see jeremy yeah exactly no one cares about jeremy yeah I don't know why, because I, I, I like this isn't about me thinking he's on, on a spinoff even like I just don't think this is where Lurk's story ends. And I know we saw him as a ghost, but we know Esther has been using power on the other side. And I think it's weird that all of a sudden we have not seen any glimpses of positive Lurk and evil Lurk. I know that she made him a vampire and certain things get magnified, but I think there's a potential that somehow the soul got split or something. I'm making this up as I go. So good Alaric is a ghost and evil Alaric might come back to life? Yeah. And maybe we can swap those at some point. Interesting. I just, I don't feel like he's dead. I know the ghost is damning, but I don't feel like it's damning enough. I can't I guess, explain it. I, guess I don't have we'll a good see. explanation, but I believe it. You just don't want Alaric to be dead. I think it's mostly that. I don't want Alaric to be dead. Unfortunately, I don't write the show. Yeah, I just don't think so. I don't I don't have a reason. And this will mirror my Tyler read. <laughs> yeah, so let's move on to Tyler and Klaus. Ty Klaus, if you will. T Klaus. Like knee Klaus. Oh. It's not really a good way to combine the names. I'm sticking with Ty Klaus. We know at the end of this episode that Klaus's body was burned and Klaus's soul is now in Tyler's body. Caroline and her team were under the impression that Tyler died. He doesn't seem to have died, but also... Tyler's not in his own body right now. So where is Tyler? What's up? What do you think next steps for Klaus and Tyler are? Well, I do feel confident that Klaus will be back in his own body at some point. His burned up body? Well, I don't know how he's going to get that body back and not burn, but I, I think he will. The logistics of that are unclear to me, which means that if he can get that body back, you would think you'd be able to get the soul back too. Because if the body can't burn, why would Tyler's soul also burn? And also I do think, If Tyler had died, he is the type that would go to Jeremy from the other side and be like, guess what the fuck they did to me? I do think he'd do that. I think Tyler will be alive and coming back post-swap. I don't know how long Klaus is going to stay in Tyler's body. There's not really a reason to. There's one big reason to. Caroline thinks he's her boyfriend. (laughs) 
but she also thinks he's dead. So then he's got some splaining to do. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Klaus wants another couple kisses. <laughs> he said, oh, actually, I'm going to die today. You want to kiss me first? She's like, Tyler, you're acting weird. And also you're using a lot of big words. I also think Klaus cannot keep that charade up as long. I mean, he's going to get caught. He's going to say something way too smart. And also Bonnie knows. So Bonnie eventually yeah. will be like, hey, BTW guys, like I know you guys aren't going to be happy with me about this, but I did save Klaus. I think people will get over it because she saved all of them. Yeah. And I think this also will find a way to save Tyler as well, you know, because I think that he'll be back. I think he'll be okay. Sure. Another one that I, is just sheer power of will. You're speaking it into existence. Yeah, because I have no reason to think he'd really be alive, but I'm concocting them. You stick into it. Next question. So we saw Elena make Stefan and Damon save Matt. And Matt is the one who put them on the road in the first place and drove off the bridge. How do you think things are going to be for Matt? You think people are going to be excited he's alive? <laughs> I mean, I'm never excited he's alive. Well, he also still has to fucking survive this crash. Oh, so yeah. You, do you think he's alive? I think he's alive because God forbid he die. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just one of those things. I don't think they'll be happy. I think people will be much madder at Matt than at Bonnie. Yeah. Like, I think that's a definite. Last question. There was a lot of talk about the council. The council in the past has been kind of a bunch of bumbling idiots, Mm -hmm. to quote Bill Forbes, basically. But the sheriff and the mayor, or should I say the ex-sheriff and the ex-mayor, both seem pretty freaked out that the council is a real threat to vampires in this town. Do you think the council is a real threat? And if so, how is that going to change life in Mystic Falls for our heroes? I think... It's more of a threat if evil Alaric is still around because I do think they are still idiots and they need a strong leader to bring them to whatever plan. If the council maintains a threat over them, like I I just don't see the council as being super powerful without like really some solid leadership, which the past villains just have never bothered with because the council's all idiots. And Alaric's just like, I needed, you know, numbers. If the council does become a threat, the best option for our heroes is to just, Fucking tell everybody in town about vampires. Break that secret open. Then there's enough debate to really slow it down, you know? You think there's going to be a debate? You don't think there's going to be like a mob with pitchforks and torches? I guess it depends who's like who likes these people enough. Yeah. I do think Liz and Carol can kind of get some energy back. I, I do think the council can be molded into something a little bit more at peace rather than fully negative. Um, I think they just like didn't know anything. So when they finally got told of stuff happening, they were like, oh yeah, finally we get to do something. But I think that momentum is going to be hard to keep up because again, they're idiots. Those are all my questions about season four predictions and the things we were dealt with in this finale. But let's take some time as we do at the end of every season to reflect. Season three has been a roller coaster. For those who don't remember, we started season three on Elena's 18th birthday. Just at a nice chill party. When Stefan was like off and about with Klaus, how simple things were. So much has changed. We've gotten hybrids. We got the 20s. A little party never killed nobody. We got Klaus and Stefan's friendship. We got ghosts. We got all the original backstory. We got mm-hmm. the ball. My, 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 my. Oh, give me love. My, my. Oh, give me love. We got Esther and Michael. We got Sage. <laughs> and last but not least, we have Evil Alaric. So 
let's talk about what are your like favorite episodes of this season? One of the classics, the end of the affair, you know, all in the 1920s. A little party never killed nobody. Mm-hmm. Really big shocks all around because it was just like such an interesting look into Klaus. Obviously dangerous liaisons. I mean one of the highlights. I mean, how can I not? Ghost Rules was a whole lot of fun. Got to see a lot of favorites. I loved the Anna storyline. Ghost World is one of my favorite episodes also. There's a lot of great episodes in this season. Ghost World's one of my favorites. Ura Town, one of my favorites. Caroline's Birthday. Oh, yeah. Who could forget? Dangerous Liaisons, of course. Heart of Darkness. And again, as I've said at the beginning of this episode, The Departed is one of the best episodes in the entire series. The way it all comes together. A lot of great ones. And a lot of like, I felt like season two was so like a clear storyline the whole time. It was like, we were always mm-hmm. working towards the sacrifice. Whereas this was really like, I felt like a lot of the same themes woven throughout. And even though there were kind of like chapter breakdowns the same way, mm-hmm. it was less clear divides between the chapters. A lot of like themes that stayed solid, you know? Well, and a lot of storylines that seemed separate, but by the time we get to The Departed, they all tie together. Like for example, yeah, Meredith saving people with vampire blood seems like kind of like an H plot that yeah. isn't really that important, but it becomes super important for Elena's possible transition. Like it's a very key part of it that she's involved. Mm-hmm. I also want to give a shout out, best song of the season. Because there are some great songs here. We upped that sure. budget. I think you already know. It's Drop in the Ocean. Drop in the ocean. A change in the weather. I was praying that you and me might end up together. It's like a wishing for rain as I stand in the desert. But I'm holding you closer than most. Because you are my heaven. I forgot that was this season. I was listening to it last night. That's why I remembered because I listened to that song an insane amount. Listeners of the podcast, Stephanie is deeply into A Drop in the Ocean. If you don't remember, A Drop in the Ocean played when Elena and Stefan were on the phone. It was it was at this point when I think it's the end of like episode two or three. It's the end of episode one. Okay, it was early in the season, I thought. Where he's on the phone and he's not speaking. And it's, it was a time when we thought maybe Stefan's humanity was off, but we find out Stefan's humanity is actually on. It's very beautiful. And so I love that song. My best song of the season, pretty simple. It's Give Me Love. Give me love. Yeah, that's up there too. That's fair enough. Worst kiss of the season, Sage and anyone. Yeah, I was trying to think of any, I mean, if it's not Delena. If it's not Delena, I don't want it. Lots of good couples this season moving through. This was a Delena season at the end of the day, I think more than a Delena season. I don't know. I think it's, I think this is more of a, obviously this is the season that's the heart of the love triangle, I would argue. Mm -hmm. It obviously is going to affect every other season, but this season it really comes to a head ending with her supposedly making a decision. Delena and Delena are fighting this whole season and the Delena girlies and Delena girlies, big wins and big losses. Uh, yeah, I guess it's still, this still got big Stelena undertones, but this is the most Delena season we've had. Yes. What are some of your other favorite couples and least favorite couples? You know, I got to lead with my new obsession, Klaus and Caroline. Yeah. It's up there. I hate to say it. Sorry to Bonnie, but Jeremy and Anna remain 
strong to me. Love those two. Obviously, the best couple is Matt and Rebecca. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, no, I hate them. I'm kind of rooting for them. <laughs> a little bit. Worst couple, Rebecca and Damon. Boo. Oh, yeah. That is that was awful. And also Sage and Finn. They were both around too long, and even though they were both in like two episodes. But at least they had the good sense to die. <laughs> Another worst couple, Michael Esther and, and Michael. <laughs> Even if we didn't see them together, I'm glad we didn't see them together because I hated them enough alone. When we saw them together, it made it seem like Esther was just oh so nice if she wasn't stuck with this awful, abusive husband. And then she sucks even worse. Yeah, then she's worse than him. Bad couple. So let's talk also favorite and least favorite characters. Caroline remains at the top of my ranking. Yeah. As does Stefan. Sorry, I'm a Stefan girly. And you know me. I love me some Elijah. You do love you some Elijah. Um, you know, I got I respect Stefan. We got to see a lot of character growth in this season. It doesn't make me a Selena girl, but I I understand him. Who do you like better, uh, Stefan or Damon? Damon. I like Stefan better. It's an it's an easy Damon. I'm a Damon girl at the end of the day. In terms of originals, love Klaus. Love yeah. that little drama queen boy. I mean, I do love Klaus. It's a lot of great characters. Who are characters you dislike? I obviously hate Matt Donovan and I hate Jeremy. I hate Matt Donovan. I know you don't like Rebecca, but I like Rebecca. Yeah. I also hate Abby. I don't have an opinion on Abby. She's just, what is she giving us? Yeah, nothing. nothing. Jamie, I also can't stand. Yeah, Jamie, Just because I hate. he's also connected to Abby. Esther, I hate, obviously, but she seems kind of dead. I love Alaric. We'll always love Alaric, even if he's kind of dead right now. I'm fighting for him to be alive. I like Tyler, but I mean, he's just, I, I can't root for Tyler and Caroline anymore. It's not that I don't think they're a cute couple, but it's just, it's just behind us. And do you have any like highlight moments? I feel like so much happened. I know if you think about that, we started at the birthday, a lot has happened since then. Obviously some of my highlights, the ball. I love a ball. Mama, mama, give me love. Yes, always. I really enjoyed Catherine at homecoming, my little oh, yeah. queen with her. Was that this uh, season? That was this season, episode nine. Oh, yeah, because oh, yeah, that's when they killed Michael. Yeah, I also loved Elena daggering Rebecca, power to her. Elena has come into some strength this season, which I love to see. I did like the episode. I mean, I really enjoyed, not really enjoyed, but the episode that led to Alaric becoming a vampire was just all over the place. So that's the, the decade dance. A little party never killed nobody. That was just like crazy. I never knew what was going to happen the whole time. Like just a lot of excitement with the originals. I loved learning backstories on the originals. I, I loved a, uh, that we had like a murder storyline. Oh, yeah. I thought that was so much fun. There's so much to love about this season. This is one of the most popular seasons. Season three is better than season two is better than season one. They are growing in quality yeah. each year. And we've gotten to this point now where we have these really iconic villains you've already seen. And mm -hmm. there's still more villains we're going to meet. But we go from no real iconic villains in season one, no offense to John Gilbert. Yeah. But in season two, we get Catherine as a villain who's so iconic. Mm -hmm. And then we get Klaus and the originals who are so iconic and their natural raising of the stakes. It becomes hard for them to raise the stakes after you've gotten original vampires who can't be killed. Well, and also hard to raise the stakes after Alaric becomes like an ally becomes a villain. I do think, you know, we haven't seen Catherine in a while either. And I yeah. hope we get some more of her. You know, she's not really in this same villain place. And she's still like trying not to get killed by Klaus because he's obviously not a fan of her. But I, I do think we have such a roster of villains right now that it's hard to see how it's going to go from there. 
So do you have predictions about what kind of villains we might see going forward? I think we're going to have to get into more. I'm sure we'll have some like more solid, like personal villains. There's the opportunity to get more of like an amorphous villain, like the spirits or a spell or a curse or something like that, that is less like one person coming after you. Sure. I hope we're done with with Esther as a villain. I hope we have heard the last we will hear from her because, oh my God, I hate that woman. (laughs) I hate that woman. But that brings us to the end of season three and the end of this episode. As always, if you are enjoying Doppelgangers and the Vampire Diaries, please feel free to tell your friends and leave us five-star rating review on Apple Podcasts. And follow us on Instagram at Doppelgangers Podcast. But that's it for this week. So until next week, goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother.